coming to you live from the basement of an abandoned house in the middle of a field. It's the Derek Izzy Show. Making history his story, Derek Izzy. Welcome to the Derek Izzy Show. Moses, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Today's show is brought to you by Onnit. Onnit is a leader in fitness equipment and fitness nutrition. If you need dumbbells, Onnit has them. If you need protein bars, Onnit has them. If you need a 10% discount, Onnit has that too. Just use promo code Derek, D-E-R-E-K, when you place your order. Promo code Derek from Onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T.com. That will get you your 10% discount. Or you can click right on the link on DerekIzzy.com. We have all of our sponsors' links right on the homepage, so all you have to do is click through that link and get your discount. As you know many times before, I've talked about my favorite product from Onnit. Those are the Warrior Bars. It's buffalo meat, and now they've got a newer version, the Jalapeno Warrior Bar. And that one's a little bit spicy, not too spicy. It's got a little bit of spice to it, but it's also very good. I bought a whole case of those, and I'm about halfway through the case, eating one bar a day. 14 grams of protein, great-tasting buffalo meat, good stuff. Onnit.com, promo code Derek. Today's show is about a guy that everybody knows of. I think Moses, I think he was right around uh, your time period. Oh, so he's an old guy? Yeah, Moses, he's an old guy. And when I talk about his background, you'll probably recognize him from some of the inventions that he's well known for. But the show today is about a little-known invention that you've probably never thought of and never equated him to this invention. Before I get into a brief biography on him. I'd like to thank Kingsford Charcoal for contributing to today's show. Kingsford Charcoal, there's many types of different charcoal you can buy. Common charcoals made from peat, coal, wood, coconut shell, or or petroleum. And there's several different types of charcoal. You can make charcoal out of sugar. There's a type of charcoal called activated charcoal, which is similar to just regular charcoal, um, usually used in the medical industry. You've got lump charcoal, traditionally made from a hardwood material. You've got charcoal briquettes. They're the little ones commonly used for grilling. They look like little pillow-shaped briquettes, and they're commonly made from sawdust. But those are some of the more common types of charcoal. And again, we'd like to thank Kingsford Charcoal for contributing 
to today's podcast. Now, the man I'm going to tell you about today was born in 1863, a very well-known American industrialist. At an early age, he learned how to deal with hardship, losing his mother in 1876. Being only 12 or 13 at the time, this taught him how to deal with hardship at a very early age. At the age of 15, his father gave him a pocket watch. He dismantled it and reassembled it. This was one of his natural gifts. He started doing this for pocket watches that friends and neighbors had. He started to develop a reputation of a good watch repairman. This was the beginning of his career and the beginning of his entrepreneurial spirit. Just one year later, he went off on his own. He started to work as a machinist. He spent his time operating and servicing steam engines, and he traveled around the Detroit, Michigan area. A few years later, he returned back to the family farm, but he never gave up his passion for assembling things and learning how things work. This was a very, very creative man, and you could almost call him obsessive the way he needed to understand how things worked. And it was very common for him to just take things apart and then enjoy the challenge of trying to put them back together. You see this come about when he was 15 with the pocket watches, and this was a curiosity that he had throughout his career. This was one of the big things that made him very successful in life. One of his colleagues and friends, Thomas Edison, I'm sure you've heard of him. Thomas Edison was a well-known inventor of the time. And our watchmaker was hired as an engineer for the Edison Illuminating Company. He received several quick promotions and was on his way to the top at Edison. When he wasn't at work, he spent his off-time hours trying to build a gasoline-powered horseless carriage, which would later become known as an automobile. In 1896, he put together a metal frame, attached four bicycle wheels to it, and had a two-cylinder, four-horsepower, gasoline-powered engine. He called it his quadricycle. Our industrialist was able to sell his quadricycle and take that money and continue his work on building a better automobile. He started to get the attention of some investors. As the attention grew, our industrialist started his own car company. That industrialist was Henry Ford. Henry Ford, well known for the Ford Motor Company, When he started his production company, they started producing the Model T. I'm sure all of you remember the Model T from your history classes. The goal was to make an automobile that they could mass produce that could be afforded by everyone. And that's exactly what the Model T was. And they could only do 
a couple cars a day. It took two or three workers. They built everything by hand. And with that many people churning out cars, a couple cars a week, it wasn't a good business model in order to keep the price at a low cost so that everyone could afford it. Henry Ford's challenge was coming up with a production system that would allow his workers to mass-produce automobiles. Henry Ford was well on his way to creating an affordable vehicle. This is where the assembly line comes in. A lot of people give Henry Ford credit with inventing the assembly line production, and while that's not actually true, he did not invent the assembly line. He was the first American industrialist to put the assembly line to use in the way it was used to mass-produce automobiles. He's credited with the term Fordism, which is explained as mass production of inexpensive goods coupled with high wages for workers. If you want to know what his workers got paid, back in 1914, his workers made $5 a day. He didn't want to work them more than eight hours, which was actually a short day. Back then, eight hours was a a short work day. That equated to about 62.5 cents an hour. 1914, 62.5 cents an hour is what he paid his people. And in today's money, you're looking at $15 an hour. So, not super high, but definitely a a livable wage for an eight-hour day of working. That was very important to Henry Ford to make sure that he paid his workers appropriately. As he began to mass-produce his Ford vehicles, he also started to set up dealerships across the country, franchises that would sell only Ford vehicles. This was a way to keep control over the marketing and a way to increase sales. As these vehicles were mass-produced, we saw a rapid decline in the price. Back in 1908, when some of the first vehicles ran off the assembly line, they were $825 a car. In today's dollars, you're looking at over $20,000 per vehicle. But every year, as productivity increased and they came up with more efficiencies, the price of the car would drop. By the 1920s, the majority of Americans were able to afford a car. Now, one of the traits that Henry Ford had was a never-ending goal to constantly improve efficiency, cut cost, and save money anywhere he could in the operation. During the summer of 1919, there was a real estate guy, Edward Kingsford. He went on a camping trip with Henry Ford. Now, Edward Kingsford was married to Henry Ford's cousin. Being married to Henry Ford's cousin, Edward Kingsford was family. Along this camping trip were several other important figures. Famous inventor Thomas Edison, Harvey Firestone of the Firestone Tire Company, and John Burroughs, 
a famous naturalist of the time. They called themselves the Vagabonds. Now imagine this, back in 1919, several of some of the country's most wealthiest businessmen traveling in a convoy of vehicles, one that actually had a fully equipped kitchen truck in order to keep them fed while they were on their adventures. And they basically traveled around and learned. Henry Ford and Edward Kingsford were discussing timber on this trip because timber was a large component of the Model T's construction. The spokes, the dashboard, the running boards, parts of the frame. Henry Ford used a lot of timber. Edward Kingsford was essential in helping Henry Ford to acquire land in Iron Mountain, Michigan to use for his timber supply. Now this timber mill that produced all the wood for these Ford cars, it generated a lot of waste. The wood for these cars was very specific. It had to be cut to a certain length, and a lot of the wood went to waste. If you had extra branches, sawdust, stumps, parts of the trees that just never got used because building cars required a specific kind of wood and specific parts of the tree. Not wanting anything to go to waste, Henry Ford realized this was a problem that had to be dealt with. There was a chemist named Orrin Stafford who invented a method for making lumps of fuel from sawdust and mill waste, combined with tar and bound together with cornstarch. He called these lumps charcoal briquettes. The group of industrialists known as the Vagabonds bought into this idea. Thomas Edison designed a factory to build charcoal briquettes. They were working together to create this new product and then mass produce it using the waste from the sawmill factory. Henry Ford went on to start his own charcoal company. The idea of charcoal is that it allowed people to cook their meats outside. Now, at any time in the United States, this was probably the worst time to introduce such an item as the Great Depression was soon to hit. As the need for charcoal started to grow, Henry Ford came up with the idea to sell what he called picnic kits. You'd have a charcoal grill. You could go right to your Ford dealership and pick up one of these picnic kits, which would give you a charcoal grill or a, or a portable grill, and you could buy a car all in the same place. The selling point was you could use this charcoal to cook all your food for your picnic, and you could use your Model T to drive you to a location to have the picnic. The all-inclusive Ford dealership, cars and picnics. The company was initially named Ford Charcoal. Now, while Henry Ford, again, did not invent the charcoal briquette, it was first patented by Ellsworth Zoyer back in 1897. The Zoyer Fuel Company, from what I can find, was the first to really get the idea off the ground of using charcoal briquettes. But Ford Charcoal 
was the mass production king. And Henry Ford came up with the idea to use briquettes for grilling and make it a practical, everyday American theme. And while Kingsford eventually bought out Ford charcoal and took over the charcoal market, you can still find some evidence of Ford charcoal. If you look online, you can find old pictures of Ford's charcoal briquettes. While he is no longer in the business of mass-producing charcoal for your grills and outdoor activities and cookouts, Henry Ford will always be a staple in the world of charcoal. And now you know the rest of the story and a little bit more about how Kingsford Charcoal came to be and the role that Henry Ford played in the mass production of charcoal. This has been the Derek Izzy Show. I want to thank you for listening. Remind you to visit our sponsor, onit.com. Click on the banner on my website. Subscribe to us on iTunes, The Derek Izzy Show. Visit my website, derekizzy.com. And write a review for us on iTunes. It's not often the most popular thing to do. People enjoy listening to the show, but writing a review actually takes time. Well, I encourage you to take 30 seconds, two minutes, whatever you can do. Give us a review on iTunes. They look at that information. And the more reviews we have, the easier it is to grow in popularity and attract sponsors and keep bringing you this quality content on The Derek Izzy Show. Good day.